Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. This radio show has um, been on the air since um, September, let's see, no, actually, it was in um, the summer of 2006, and so we... We started off in a traditional studio, reaching only St. Louis, and then um, as time uh, went by and the internet became even more um, a venue for podcasts and, you know, connecting with people all over rather than a limited, um, you know, airwave radio, uh, you know, breach, uh, this is where we are. And we've been here now since 2008, and um, I'm just grateful to Blog Talk. I'm grateful to the listeners. I'm grateful... Um, to the readers of the magazine and um, Spirit Seekers was started over 22 years ago. We started in St. Louis, uh, expanded west to Kansas City, then north to Chicago, and now we are in Florida and we've been read online since 1998. Okay, just a couple more of announcements and then I'm going to bring my guest on. Um, you will find Spirit Seeker at a whole lot of Mind Body Spirit events um, throughout the Midwest um, this this uh, autumn. We will be at um at, at the Art of the Craft in Belleville this weekend. I will be reading on Friday evening and the magazines will be there, the new issue. We will be at the um internal spirit fair at Chesterfield Mall on um the weekend of September seventh and eighth. And then after that we are just it's just nonstop. So what I encourage you to do is to be a part of our email newsletter. Then you will find out who the radio show guests are. You'll find out when the um when the radio is uh who the radio show guests are, when the magazine is online and about all these other wonderful events. Um, we don't sell our list. It's Sacrosanct to Spirit Seeker. So just know that um, you'll just hear about our events and our advertisers' uh, events, and they're all wonderful. So just send an email. You have one of two ways. Send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com, or send an email. Just go to the spiritseeker.com site, and there's a uh, join this email newsletter, and you can just sign up there, and it automatically adds you to our email list, and I'm alerted. Uh, we give away free books. We give away free tickets to events. We give away free DVDs and CDs. We, we do music reviews, movie reviews, all the stuff. And Cindy Meyer cannot keep all this stuff. I generously bless the email subscribers. So join our email list. Tell your friends about it. The minute this radio show is finished tonight, it becomes a podcast. And people can listen to it any hour of the day or night. And you can also send a link to your friends. Okay, that's it for announcements. Yay! Okay, other than the Spirit Seeker number, if you need to reach us, is 636-530-7579. All right, so the rest of our time will be spent with Catherine Grace Landry, who um, is an author of a wonderful book that she's going to share um, with us tonight. Uh, she's a marketing, communications, and fundraising executive Um uh, she did this for over 22 years, and she loves to travel around the world, soaking up the inspirational beauty of um, our natural landscapes that we are so blessed with in our world. She's a qualified shamanic practitioner, crystal energy therapist, kundalini yoga instructor, and a personal power guide. She hosts the Conversations of Catherine's Events for Women, uh, featuring spiritual and metaphysical speakers. She is a resident of Ottawa, Canada. Um, the Way of the Simple Soul is her first book, and she is currently writing um, the second book uh, of the Way uh, trilogy called The Way of the Light Keeper. 
So as you can hear, Catherine has many gifts, and um, she is here to share those gifts tonight. So Catherine, welcome, and thank you for being my guest this evening. Thank you very much, Cindy. I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah, so what an interesting background um, to have been in the, the, the world, so to speak, in the capacity. Um, do, do, are you still doing that, or is that is that now like a part of your past? That's actually a part of my past. Um, okay. I was very, uh, yeah, I was very blessed when I was when I turned fifty to be able to actually leave that corporate world. Um, I had a wonderful time when I was in it uh, for twenty two years, um, but I was able to leave, and it was like a switch kind of turned off and another switch turned on. And for the last nine years or so, um, I've just gone in a totally different direction. But but it was a wonderful time I had when I was in the corporate world, for sure. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, the marketing and all the different experiences, I'm sure, have helped you with your book publishing and authoring and, you know, et cetera, because we, all of our skills, you know, are used in different ways, shall we say. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, well, exactly. And, you know, sometimes we never know. We we really were doing things, and we never know, you know, a few years down the road how those things are going to be used in perhaps a different capacity. So I'm very, very blessed to have had all of those experiences, and yes, for sure, they have helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so we could go in a lot of directions with this interview. Um, I'm going to just ask you a few questions along the way, but um, if if you want to answer it, fine. If you want to answer it briefly and then go in a different direction, I'm fine with that. There's so many things mm-hmm. we can talk about. So mm-hmm. let's start, though, with your book, The Way of the Simple Soul. Um, how did it come to be, and, and what do you feel, you know, you have, I mean, you learned a lot through this, I could tell when I read it. So whatever you want to share, um, you know, what what is this book about? Mm-hmm. Well, it's... Um it's essentially um, about a message that I was given by an elderly man. Um, I was sitting at his bedside as he was dying, and as he was taking his last breath, um, I had this strange urge that I needed to put my hands on him, which I did, and that created a link between us. Um, for part of his soul, I was later to realize part of his soul to connect to mine. At the time, I had no idea what was what was happening. This was before I had really started out on on any kind of um, studies of the shamanic ways or um, a deeply spiritual things and and anything really to do with the, the soul. And so I really didn't know what was happening at the time, but I had this urge. So I put my hands on him, and he passed very gently. And a few hours later, I was at home and um, very, very suddenly became very ill. Um, I had heart palpitations. I was sweating. I was nauseous. um, I had this horrible acid-like burning in my gut and um, thought, Perhaps I was having a heart attack, which I wasn't. But anyway, it eventually all of those those uh, symptoms calmed down enough that I was I was able to carry on. I, I ended up for the next couple of years going through various doctors, medical tests, etc., that showed that there was nothing physically wrong with me, and that took me down the road of alternative um, medicine into everything and anything that I could think of to try and find an answer as to why my physical body was so turned upside down. 
um, ultimately that led me to the home of a local shaman. And this was, again, before I knew anything about shamanism, and so it was very much outside my comfort zone. And she said that I had a fragment of this gentleman's soul had linked and detached and connected to me and that there was a reason for that and he had something that he wished to say, he had a message and that I needed to um, go through a particular ceremony and open the, the communication channels and see what he had to say. So all of this, as I say, was very much outside my comfort zone but um, sure. I followed her instructions. I, I did what she suggested, and it was the most amazing. It was the most beautiful thing because there he was. And I was communicating with him in, in different forms. It was energetic. There were vis- um, uh, visuals coming. There were some words uh, coming through. And, and the words that came through were right way of the simple soul. And so I explored that a little bit more with him because I didn't really quite understand exactly what he meant. Um, But he did, I think, give me enough information that I was able to continue on. So essentially, that's how it all started. And when I started to, to get into the writing process of this, more of the messages came through from him. He hung around for a little bit longer until, um, you know, I was well into into the book and I had enough of the information of the message that he was trying to convey. And so the message, um, which I talk about in the book, of course, is that it's about the intent of our soul, that, um, that our soul comes into this world, as we all know, there's a, we, we talk about our soul path, we talk about the, that the soul comes to incarnate into our human form with certain experiences it wishes to have or certain objectives or goals, if you will, if you want to call them that. Um, but his message was that there is an intent behind all of that um, from which the soul functions in this incarnation with us. And so his, his, the, the intent is that every impulse that comes from the soul is motivated by two basic principles, only two principles. And one is that our soul wants only what is best for us. And the second is that our soul is not capable of harm. And this, uh, this opened up a whole area for me uh, of greater understanding and a greater communication with my own soul um, to really understand what it, what it means that the intent of the soul is that my soul only wants what's best for me and, and everyone else's soul only wants what's best for them and yet without creating any harm. So um, that's kind of where it all started and through... What an um, opening. You know, what an opening. <laughs> what an opening. Okay. I mean, you know, so, so you had not done any communication with your soul guides, your spirit guides. You had not done soul discovery work, none of that before any of this. Very little. I mean, I, I have to say that I've always been a spiritual person, um, not too religious, but very spiritual. Um, and I have had a few experiences over my life time where strange things happened, like um, 
uh, a light would appear at the end of my bed or a being would appear or something. But it was it was relatively rare. And, um, you know, being in the corporate world, I'm, I was married. I have seven children. I have a very busy life. And um, as a busy corporate executive, you know, I, there wasn't a lot of time really to devote to seeking the soul, so to speak. Um, so this whole event came as a bit of a shocker for sure and and really set me um as i say it was like turning a page literally close one chapter open the next and and i i ended up doing a complete life review as i went through this process to understand truly what that meant the intent of the soul and and of course then I had to figure out, well, how do I communicate with my soul? And if my soul has an intent for me, well, how am I going to talk to it? Or how is it going to speak? To, how does it speak to me? How does it communicate with me? And, and that was a whole other um, interesting um, interesting journey there. Um, and, I, again, I talk about that in my book, too, about, about how our soul is always trying to communicate with us. It just wants us to listen. You know, it's like our best friend. It's, it's our most intimate companion. It just wants to be in constant communication with us, to, to prompt us to do things that are in our interest to experience what we came here to experience and without any harm. So, yeah, it was an interesting. It was interesting with this elderly man. Like, he, okay, you heard to help him cross. Like, I've done a lot with hospice, and I have a yep. friend who um, he's, he, he works with radio towers by day, like those big towers. He installs them, works with them, and then by night, he is a hospice volunteer, and they call him in when they have special cases where they need someone that is really able to, like, be there as a link to help them cross. And so mm-hmm. he, um, he, he told me this one time that they called him, and it was around midnight, and he got dressed and went in. And he says, I got to the hospital, and there were these two young people, the children at the end of the bed, boohooing. And then I looked up at the head of the bed, and um, there was the wife. And she was just mm-hmm. talking to him, talking to him, and he says, I knew that's where my work was. So he went up to the top, and he, he says, all of a sudden I'm just, you know, told him hello. And he says he didn't really know that I was there, but I knew he did know. And um, I said, who is that young man on the other side just waiting, waiting for you to cross over? Mm. And the, the and the wife said, oh, that would be our son who died many years ago, and I bet he is so happy his father's about to come. And then he said, um, he said, oh, and I see Jesus there just totally waiting for you, saying anytime you're ready, he's there to help you cross, cross over. So whenever you're right. ready. And he said the whole mm-hmm. thing was like less than five or ten minutes, and the man crossed over. So for mm-hmm. you to have had this amazingly intimate experience being guided to put your hands on this man, to link mm-hmm. with him and to help him, mm-hmm. and then... Mm-hmm. He, in that holy instant, knowing he had a message for you and then staying connected with you from the other side. That's pretty yes. huge. Yeah, it, 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 it is. I, I, even now when I'm talking about it, it's several year, many years ago, actually, uh, several years ago, and, and it, it just kind of blows me away a little bit when I think about it. It, it is huge. It's, it's, and he passed peacefully. It was, it was really, it was beautiful, you know, and, and, um, and when I was able to connect with with I don't know his soul or a part of his soul or or, or um, 
you know, do we really know whether it's a part of a soul or a whole soul or what it is? But when I was able to connect uh, with him, again, it was beautiful. There was this energy that um, was just so calm and so peaceful. And he was very happy, like but wherever his soul had gone or whatever it was doing, um, it was beautifully peaceful and, and fine. He just, for some reason, wanted this message to be conveyed, yeah. wanted it to be written down and and passed on. And so th- that was my compulsion for writing the book. It wasn't, it, it really wasn't me saying, oh, I'm going to sit down and write a book, you know? <laughs> right, right. When spirit guides it like that, it's like an orchestrated, like this whole thing's being orchestrated from a higher, higher dimension. And, you yeah. know, I mean, this man somehow knew. He knew, and he probably mm-hmm. saw this wonderfully compassionate woman who you know hmm. was involved in the world the, the the business world with these children with a husband all the things that you had and yet you were there right there like lined up mm-hmm. with him as he's crossing mm. there were no accidents yeah, yeah. no so, I, I agree with you there are no accidents no, no. yeah so um yeah. so here you are you you've never written a book before and now you're <laughs> writing a book yeah. Oh. yeah, now I'm writing a second book. <laughs> right, right. So, I loved it so much, I'm writing a second book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So so we, I know this is kind of a, it's not an autobiography, but it's a, a deep, very deep personal sharing of um, your mm-hmm. communication with spirit and then where that led. So yeah. what, you, what would you like to share about, you know, when you're writing down your experiences and, you know, like what what that was like, and if you started something and tore it up and said, "No, I'm on the wrong track," or you know, just just a little bit about how the writing of it went. Hmm. Um, I did actually start and tear up several times. Um, <laughs> funny you should say that, but yes, that that did happen. Um, I I found that that when I was attempting to translate his message. Um, it caused me to kind of loop back over my own life. And, um, and of course, I was also, um, I do a lot of meditation. Uh, well, uh, shortly, the, shortly, let's put it this way, shortly, if you want the chronology of it, shortly after he did pass, I started uh, and I had met with this, the, this shama, shaman. Um, I then was compelled to study the shamanic, traditions and the shamanic practices for myself so i went through three years of intense study with with um, another um, shamanic practitioner up here and during that time um, learned how to journey and um, so i'd already known how to meditate because i've been doing that for years and i added the whole journeying process to it and so what happened was i ended up when i was 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 in the process of writing this book i ended up having these visions um, and it turned out that these visions were all rele- relevant to things I needed to understand in order to write the message um, and in order to kind of get it across. What I was trying very hard to do was be as clear as possible and, and, and not use too many fancy words and big language and stuff, but be really like this is, this is all very clear stuff. This is our soul. I mean, we live with our soul every day. There's, there's nothing mystical and weird about this. Um, so I was trying to be very, very clear, and so I kept having these visions that were helping me understand what was going on in my own life and then was able to translate that um, into the book. And so it was interesting because um, I wrote a lot of stuff and then I threw it out 
And and at one point I I said, yeah, why why do people want to hear about my story? I mean, everyone has a story. Everyone has fascinating stuff in their life. Uh, Interesting, fascinating, not so nice, nice, beautiful, you know, lots of experiences. Why would people want to hear about my experiences? But everyone that that kind of read my drafts as I was going through um, kept saying, oh, no, you've got to explain this. You've got to talk about this. You, you, need to, you need to, you know, talk about this, this, and this. And so I ended up putting some of it back in. Um, only, I think, to try and, and get across that it's whatever happens in our life, it's okay. It's there are some things I talk about in the book about the pretty horrible experiences that happened to me, and, and it's okay. You know, we can get through it. When we, when we link with our soul and we connect to our soul and we communicate with our soul, it will help us. It's the conduit to, 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 to source or to God or what, whatever the, the original mind, universal concept, whatever you want to call that essence that is the higher power. That's our link, and so, so I guess I I I I acquiesce to put in a lot of my personal experiences in the hope that others would read them and think, oh, okay, you know, it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay that we go through this. It's we can get through this, you know. So I I, I kind of digressed a bit, I think, from your question. No, you- <laughs> No, 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 and that's that's like absolutely perfect. Um, but I guess my question is, if someone says, and there are people who really have no concept of their soul, they really, yes, I mean, it's, but but the the oversoul, the soul, the different dimensions. Um, so for you, writing this book and doing like, it felt like it was almost automatic um, channeling and writing back and forth between you and your soul and your your guides. I don't know if you may, you know, if you call it that, but but you received messages and then you ran with that knowledge. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do call them my guides. I ha- I do have guides. And it was a fascinating part for me also to to figure out the difference between the messages that come from my guides and the messages that come directly from my soul. There are different means of communication and it differs from person to person. So what the way my soul communicates to me is not necessarily the way your soul would communicate to you or another person. So um, finding your own, spending, taking the time to to make a connection and understand how your soul communicates to you is, to me, this is this is hugely important um, because it cuts out a lot of complex stuff that goes on in our lives when you when you know that okay this message i'm getting this is coming directly from my soul and you know i better follow it because it knows what i need to do and it's never going to harm me so um i need to get in touch with it and and follow this message and understand and so um what i found was that that delving into this area and then becoming very, very comfortable with spirit guides and soul and other dimensions. And and it's just, it has actually opened up peace and calm within me. You know, it's not crazy stuff. It's, it happens. It's there. It's all there. And um, I know at the beginning of my journey of of opening to to my soul and and uh, there were moments where I thought, "Oh, I'm crazy, you know, 
I don't think that actually happened. I think that was my imagination. You know, you go through moments like that, and and there were times when I I would just turn to those who were more experienced than me at that time, and and they helped me through those to understand that, no, I wasn't crazy. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't... um, it wasn't my my ego or some some part of my brain that was just creating a scenario. It was actually a communication, and that's how my soul communicates to me. Um, again, I think I digress from your question. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I guess my question is this: you you said that you were a meditator for years and years and years, and you know, one of the when people say, "How can I connect with my soul or my spirit guides?" The first thing I always say is meditation, meditation. Yes. Meditation yeah. to quiet the mind and to create the space, you know, for the for the for the communication um, or the visions. If you know, depending on how you process. Um, which mm-hmm. I really like how you said that we're all different in how we connect to our spirit guides. Some people, yeah. this is my experience. Some people can go out to nature, and that's a much um, much more open space when you hear the birds and you look at the sky and you feel the wind. And um, other people, you know, that are you know more visual. You know, um, maybe a, a a mandala or something to focus on to quiet the mind mm-hmm. and listen. Um, we're all we are all different. Some people are taking mm-hmm. a walk and just getting away from everything in order to listen. Some people are sitting outside on a deck and looking up at the sky and the stars and connecting. So for you, I would really like for um, if you would be willing um, to share mm-hmm. what opened your dialogue with your soul and your spirit guides more and how did you figure out which was which mm. um, and a lot of it's sensing and feeling I know so I don't even know if we can put this in words it's it's uh, well it's the first you're, you're absolutely right the first thing is you have to find a way to become quiet to quiet the mind and um, for me um, I started with uh, with mantras and the mantras helped me um, to keep that busy part of my brain focused on the mantra so that I could figure out how to quiet myself. Um, and then eventually I got to the point where I didn't need the mantras. Um, I could just drop into the space quickly. But it takes time. It takes practice. And and one of the things that I found was... was um, to not be too hard on myself. I think a lot of people get really um, hard on themselves, and they think, "Well, I should, I, you know, I should be able to do this for five minutes after three weeks." Um, well, no, not necessarily. Sometimes it, it depends again on the person, the personality, the character of the person, and the physical structure of a person. Sometimes um, some people are so really hardwired that it may take them months to get quiet. Um, but once you do then you go, oh, I figured the key. That's how I get quiet. Um, And then getting into that quiet space um, and sitting in it, just sitting in it and and not – what I found for me was I had to sit in the quiet space and force myself not to ask any questions, just listen, force myself just to listen. And and at first, all I was hearing was a heartbeat, you know, <laughs> my heart going thump thump, um, and every once in a while, my brain going blah 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 blah. And I say, okay, thank you, move move on, and back to the heartbeat. And um, but then eventually, uh, I realized that there, within me anyway, there is a space that opens up. And for me, that space feels like um, it feels like a pool of dark water, and 
it it's a calm pool and it's like there's a little eye down there just swimming around um, and that's just a visual that I, that I have for myself. Everyone else, you know, you'll find your own visuals or your own whatever that, that helps you get quiet. And then the longer you sit in that quiet space, um, the more it opens and it gets broader and bigger and bigger. And um, I'm probably telling people things they already know, but um, no, no, eventually, no, I'm you. eventually, I'm, yeah. eventually yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, messages come through. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I, most people really don't know, and sometimes they don't trust what they're hearing. They think that, so. So what you're sharing is really important. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, and I want you to answer from, you know, just just go into that talking about the quiet space where the answers really do come. Mm-hmm. The the um, yeah the the thing about trust is an interesting one because. Um, you know, and when I was starting out on this, I, I didn't trust either. It was like I would, I would, things would come. I would get a visual, or I would have a vision, like a dream vision, um, like the ones I describe in the book. And I, I get them all the time now. I still, I still have them. And I, in the beginning, though, I wouldn't. I would think, okay, um, is that real? Um, I, once I was driving, you know, uh, what was I doing? I was driving out of the grocery store, <clears throat> and I turned. I was about to turn left. And as I was about to turn left into traffic, this voice came into my head, and it said, we need you to pay more attention. Okay, so it startled me. I nearly had an accident, and I chided whoever the voice was to be a little more mindful (laughs) of timing. But again, it's like I had to, where was that voice coming? Was that a soul? Was that my soul speaking to me, or was that a guide speaking to me? Like, So it took trial and error, basically. Basically, it's trial and error, and and I would ask for signs. So I would say I would I would simply ask, okay, if this is my soul, can you somehow give me a sign that I will know when I have this type of a voice in my head, or this type of a vision, or this type of a shiver? I get physical sensations. A lot of it's with the soul. Most of it's sensation. It's like physical shivers, or or cold spots, or heat spots, or or things happening on my physical body. Um, that are prompting me to listen to something in uh, a message that's coming, that's trying to come through. Um, and it, it was trial and error. You know, I had to just say, okay, is that my soul? And then see what happened in my life after that. And I go, oh, yeah, what happened actually was what I was prompted to do. And then over some time, I was able to trust that this was a spirit voice speaking to me versus a spirit guide versus this was my soul. And I found that my, for me personally, my soul communicates very, very deeply within me. Like it comes from my gut. It comes from way in my heart space. It's like inside core somewhere, whereas my spirit guides tend to come from eh, somewhere outside, you know, coming kind of, but it's hard to explain. It's kind of an energetic thing. So it's hard to explain, but... Um, I think you did a great job because I think that oh, when someone, when some people say, "Oh, you know, I just like a, a chill ran through me," or "I had goosebumps from head to toe on that," or "Oh, you know, mm-hmm. those are those are the deeper responses." Especially when one mm-hmm. person is describing it and the other person goes, "Oh my gosh, the hair on my arm just totally raised," or "Oh my goodness," um, yeah. you know, yeah. and and you know, for me, I you know, 
it's very strange, but I have a water cooler on both levels of my home. And, you know, it's just, you know, filtered, wonderful water that you can drink. But what's interesting is if I have a thought and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I'm on the right track with this. I am not exaggerating. That water cooler will go glug glug. Right at that yep. moment, glug glug, <laughs> and other yeah, that's so cool. Right, so it's it's like okay, I have the water cooler confirmation, you know, and then I also have like a phone. Like I was talking to someone the other day about something that was very very deep, and right at that moment, the phone, the the little timer went off, you know, or something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. and our guides can do that. Our guides can make lights yes. um, go brighter, darker. They can make volume on TV go louder, you know, quieter. They can do anything electronics mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think that the soul is in that, like when you talked about the simple soul, I loved, and, the, and then of course the name of your book, The Way of the Simple Soul. But that one mm-hmm. chapter when you talked about our simple soul, and mm-hmm. I'm going to just read part of this, you said, simple refers to the intent of the soul. This becomes clear uh, to me after the aha moment when I truly comprehended the two agendas. The gentleman's message was not referring to the who, what, when, where, or why of our soul, but to the purity of intent from which our soul functions within our human self. His message was elegant in its simplicity. Every impulse emanating directly from our soul is motivated by only two principles. And and you shared this, but here it is again. Our soul wants only what is best for us. Our soul is not capable of harm. Mm-hmm. And then you went from there to talk about the soul intent. And um, anything you want to add about this soul intent, it's like, it's. It, and I agree, like once you get that and you're not afraid and you're co-creating with your soul, it's a whole new ballgame. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And, you know, it's, it's um, I think maybe this, the message came through because we, we have, there's a lot of information out there about soul, um, about what a soul is and how it animates our physical structure and and the who, what, when, where, or why of the soul, in a sense. There's a lot of information about, uh, out there, um, and it's all great stuff. And, and anyone who's listening who doesn't know anything about soul, go and read up because it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, but the intent is like going one step behind that um, in that, that it, the soul comes into our human body with these two specific principles of intent and once we we connect with those um we realize that that it the soul will prompt me to do something um that might seem absolutely crazy to someone else or wacko to someone else and yet for my souls what it's come to experience that's what it wants me to do and so what what happens is that you realize that every single person on this planet has a soul with those same two intents which means that they may be doing things that are very different from you but it's because they have a different path and their soul is prompting them for what's best for them to experience on that path and so from for what this did for me was to to completely shift my perspective. Well, not completely, okay, but largely shift my perspective about many things in in life. And one of the biggest ones was realizing that there are seven billion people on seven billion paths, and I can't possibly know the backstory or the outcomes of anybody else's life 
I am only responsible for mine and my soul. And they are responsible for theirs and their soul and their path. And so this this um, helped me to kind of calm down a little bit of the of the the part of the brain that wants to look at what's going on in the world and and be more perhaps a little too judgmental or or too much commentary and and just that you know everyone's soul is prompting them and the more we can connect with that then. Um, the more peace we find, in right. a sense, you know. You know, I think, yeah. I think, you know, there's these theories, and I'm not a very good biblical person, but, you know, the, the there were books taken out of the Bible. This is, you know, this is what I've been told, and one of them was on reincarnation because people, mm-hmm. it would give people way too much power to think, oh, if I mess up this lifetime, I can do it another lifetime, or, or connecting the dots between this life's sole purpose and what you may be carried in with, you know, uh, mm-hmm. your sole purpose this lifetime based on based on something that happened before. And, you know, so there's supposedly all of those books are, like, just gone out of the Bible. And um, yeah. so I think that there's a lot of confusion, like, you know, the soul, a lot of religions teach it that you die and then that's it kind of because they don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, they talk about a heaven or a hell, but they don't really encourage this deeper wisdom of communicating with your soul for guidance on, okay, how can I make the best use of my time here? You know, like mm-hmm. that's what that gentleman was trying to tell you. Like you've raised these seven beautiful children. You've done all this other work. Now it's time to help people in a different way. Like take mm-hmm. your gifts and, 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 you know, use them to help so many other people, you know, by reading your book and, and coming to your women's seminars and, you know, doing the different work that you're doing. It was like, I mean, without, I, I just have goosebumps talking on this. I mean, this man was put on your path to, to give you like this whole new, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure he was for sure, and yeah. and it's it, it, it's it's fascinating to me um, the concept of of teaching about the soul, um, and when you look at children, um, small children, um, they're very much in touch with their soul. I mean they 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 haven't reached the stage where the external world has impacted to the extent that they forget all about their internal world their their internal world is and, and I write a few stories in the in the book of some young um, young children that i I encountered who told me the most fantastical things and and I just I think that's beautiful it's wonderful and how how can we encourage it doesn't matter whether you believe in reincarnation or if you think this is the only life you're going to live that doesn't we still can connect to the soul. Yeah. We still could teach our children how to maintain their connection to the soul, and we could still help our adults who who have perhaps lost it find their way back to it. And it doesn't mean that you don't still have cell phones and have careers in fundraising and and raise children and and become billionaires or whatever. You still do all those human things, but the direction of your human things is directed by what your soul came here to do and 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 through the intent that it has and and that frees up a whole area i mean it frees up for me it freed up a whole a whole a whole lot of stuff where i don't worry about 
half of the things I used to worry about, thinking that I needed or must have or should have or could have or didn't do or do, I it's just all of that has disappeared because my soul's telling me this is why you're, you know, this is what I want to experience here, Catherine, and here's the prompt that's the best to get that, and I'm going, yep, let's do it. So the rest of it doesn't, it's not important for me. Maybe important for someone else's soul, but not mine, you know? Well, and but, that's when it gets yeah. simple. That's when it gets simple. It's like that's exactly your soul, when it your gets soul. Simple. Right, and it's like, and once yeah. once you have that, it's like, oh, I can't do your work, but I can help guide you. You can't do my work, but, you know, of course. You know, and we get these mm-hmm. messages in so many different ways, as you know. I mean, you've mm-hmm. now studied to be a shaman. You've studied with crystal healing. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you're a kundalini, not just a regular yoga teacher. Oh, no, she's a kundalini yoga instructor and <laughs> personal power guide. So, so you know, I mean, you're working with energy. I mean, you're you're with mm-hmm. the soul, once again. Yeah. So, um yeah. So let's just segue just a little bit into mm-hmm. what does a personal power guide do? And I want to hear about your conversations um, at Catherine's events for women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just, yeah, let me hear about those two things, if, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, no, I don't mind at all. Um, a personal power guide, um, personal power guide um, is to basically I really want to help people find their inner power source and their inner power source is their soul and through their soul it's their connection to their heart to the concept of love the concept of light and where that love and light comes from which is from the original source whatever you want to call that original energetic source that's out there the higher power um, and that's where the power comes from. Once you have those connections and that source, no one can take your personal power away from you. Um, and and so I, it is my greatest, my greatest sense of gratification when I can help someone, guide them to find their own. I don't tell them how to do things. I simply I try to point them in directions where they can find their own internal power source. And and I, and to watch a person blossom um, is just amazing. So that's what a personal power guide is. I you'll notice it's a small p, small p, small g. It's it's not a it's not a life coaching course or something like that. It's just it's a set of words that I use um, because for me I just think they they make the most sense for what I am doing. I I I have studied many different types of. Um, of healing modalities, and I've simply pulled from many of them the things that work for me in my understanding of energy and how I work with energy. And um, so that's where the personal power guide comes from. And I have a um, I have a, a personal practice here in, in Ottawa. Um, and in terms of the conversations at Catherine's events. Um, uh, those I ha- I host those in my home at the moment, um, although at some point I may take them outside my house. Uh, and it they that started it, for women that started um, with the idea that um, we live in a very um, 
male energy dominated society as we all know we have for thousands of years and very linear thinking society very very structured and and hierarchical and and so forth and and so i wanted to get in touch with women um and talk about what passion means for women and what um what power means for women and i don't mean power in a in in a corporate sense, I mean personal power, internal power, passion, and internal power, and soul. And so, um, I simply decided to host a group of events and invite women. And the list gets bigger and bigger every time, of of people that of women that come. And um, we do some meditation, we do some a um, little bit of ceremony, and um, we have um, either I speak or we have a guest speaker who speaks actually quite short because one of my focuses on these events is I want women to speak. So we all talk. We we nice. we will set either we'll set an agenda item and say okay, today we're going to talk about women's passion and what does that mean to you and then whoop open the floor. Um or some some a couple of times I've said okay, I'm guided that we're going to have no agenda tonight. We're just going to open the floor. So what's on everybody's mind? And and I I find that that um Women particularly are really want to talk about these things. They people are searching. They're um, they're not sure where to turn for for answers to their specific question. You know, it, it's one thing to take a course and and so forth, but to have to be able to sit in a safe circle and say, "Here's my personal question." Um, and then be able to discuss that. So that was really the reason why I started that group, and and um, I will continue with it. it it's um, I think it has a it's doing well. It has a purpose. We are the the world of women is changing. I mean, you know the 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 women who marched, the million women march or whatever, when um, women marched mm-hmm. on every continent for the first time. That was like, you know, there was a historical moment in time mm-hmm. when women on every continent marched and then they saved the signs for um, for the future so that the people of the future can see this is what the women did in 2016 mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. what what they were talking about and you know mm-hmm. we you know in the united states have more and i think it's i think it's really globally more women running for office political office than ever before in in the in this time in history and traditionally when you look in the past like the the uh native american tribes that were the women were respected and they if if a chief was being too warlike they could vote that chief out Mm-hmm. The women, mm-hmm. the women. I mean, this was just the way it was because women know the importance of yes, fighting when needed. But for the most part, we don't want to be warlike. We want to mm-hmm. live and honor the land and honor the future of our people and et cetera. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, women. Like you look at Iceland, you look at what's happening in Finland. I mean, more and more women are you know, rising, rising, so it's important for women to talk about what do you want to talk about? What's going on for you right now? What's going for, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, like, totally, like, you know, it's not just personally, it's personally, culturally, collectively. And mm-hmm. um, or I, I think that with more women running for office, state, local, you know, higher levels of government, it will change. And it's yeah. not that it's the women, it's really, I mean, even some of the men that are running are more tapped into you know, honoring the masculine and the feminine. And mm-hmm. um, it's a whole different time in history, isn't it? It is. It is very, very, very much so. And the whole, 
I mean, we all carry the masculine and the feminine within us. Um, This is not a gender thing we're talking about. It's the masculine and feminine energy that's within us, each of us. And, And the point is to try and bring those two elements to balance and um, use each as needed in, and required in various, in whatever the specific situation is, um, but try to keep them in balance at all times. And so I think it, it's for women um, particularly, um, at least what I have found anyway for women particularly, is that, is that um, in trying to find their balance between the masculine and the divine, we call it the divine feminine, divine masculine, but the masculine feminine energies within us, Sometimes we don't know anymore what the feminine energy actually is and looks like, and how would we act? We have spent so many years in thousands of years in a structured society that was more focused on the masculine energies. So the, a lot of women that I speak to are still searching for what does that actually look like? That feminine energy. If I was to live right. it, you know. Well, because um, we, you know, we were the ones that were around for Roe versus Wade. We were the. I mean, I'm older than you. I'm 63, but, um, but not that much older. I mean. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but but you know the whole. But I'm still finding my identity. As much as I've been a publisher and all these different things, you know, I mm-hmm. I didn't get married and have children until I was 30. So I have a, you know, I'm 63 with a, a 30, 32, um, and a 20 year old that I had at 42. Yeah. So finding finding as a woman, finding your identity as a woman outside mm-hmm. of mother, wife, etc. Like the different roles, all the different hats that we wear. And you know, you being a mother of seven children, I mean, I raised four stepchildren too. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I understand. And it's like, you know, sh- helping to shape the world for the future with these little bright beings that are coming up. And children don't miss a beat. I mean, they say if you oh, want to know no. what's going on in a household, just see what a child's doing. If they're acting out, there's something not being <laughs> yeah. dealt with energetically yeah. in that house. So, so I think that the work that you're doing, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe this book one more time for everyone in case you're, you know, some of you are just joining us. This is uh, Catherine Grace Landry. She is the author of The Way of the Simple Soul. And this book is a blueprint for working directly with your soul to achieve profound joy and a measurable inner peace. Um, this book is a traveler's guide for seekers, a quenching experience for the spiritually thirsty, and an inspiring template for those who want to deepen their sense of something transcendent. So anyone who reads this book, male or female, is um, meant to read it. It's not by accident that you're finding your way to it, and it's um, it will offer you a more meaningful and intimate relationship um, with your soul. And uh, Catherine's working on a second book, and that is part of um, part of this trilogy. So we, we're going to hear about the second book, and then I'm assuming there's a third since you, it's a trilogy. <laughs> and the um, the second book is The Way of the Lightkeeper. Um, so let's talk about that just briefly. Uh, well, let's first of all, is there anything else you want to say um, about The Way of the Simple Soul as far as what you're hoping readers take away from reading this this book? Well, I just one quick thing, and that is in just in relation to what we were just speaking about to do with the the masculine and feminine energies, is is loop that back to the soul because the soul doesn't have a masculine or feminine imprint. It's it's um, it's non-gender. Our soul, it, at least, well, yeah, it's non-gender. So it's non-energy gender. So if we loop ourselves back into our soul and communicate with our soul, we're we in a sense, almost we are going to bring ourselves above 
the even the concept of any conflicts between masculine and feminine because we're back to simply the soul and what the soul's intent is and what its purpose is and and it takes us above the whole gender issue or the whole masculine feminine issue. That's, I just wanted to loop back to that because I think oh, that's one way perfect. of mm-hmm, one way of helping helping it. It certainly helped me. I don't feel yes, I'm fe- I'm female and and so forth, but I don't feel when I link to my soul, I don't feel female or masculine or any of that. I just feel like a soul, a soul in a human body. That's it, you know? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm. I mean, and, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing that men are learning. You know, they're, all of us are perfect and divine and we're these beautiful souls. And sometimes we're in our yang side and sometimes we're in our mm-hmm. yin side. And that's for mm-hmm. all of us. And yeah. and the children, they're very androgynous. They get it. They're just like they just feel love, you know. And mm-hmm. yes, they're aware of you know the differences, but but they're you know I I love how you talked about the children and how aware they are. And you know it's funny. I used to say they're not totally erased. They come in and they're just not totally erased yet. They come in and they're just like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a fascinating yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, gee, you know, and they just look around and there's such consciousness with these little bright beings. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I could talk forever about that. But um, yeah. but yeah. We, we just have a little bit longer. So I, I okay. anything, okay, I'm going to give you a couple of choices where we can go. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely I want to have you share where people can find a copy of The Way of the Simple Soul, if you have a Facebook mm-hmm. presence or um, any kind of way that they can uh, stay in touch with you. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, I do want to talk about your next book, and then anything you want to share about anyone who's thought about writing a book. And I know we we don't have that long, so you pick and choose where you want okay. to go with this. But okay. let's let the listeners know where they can find the book. It's so I love the yeah, cover, by the way, and I, it's my my understanding your daughter designed it. It's so beautiful. My, yeah, my daughter's a painter, so she, it's actually one small piece of a larger painting that she did. Uh, um, so yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's beautiful. It's, uh, she, beautiful. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so the book. Listen, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, to my publisher Satyama um, and Karen Stuth, who is the owner of Satyama. And you can, she's just amazing. If if it wasn't for her, I mean, this book would never have taken any way, shape, or form. Uh, particularly my first book. Um, so you can find the book on satyama.com. It's also on amazon.com and in Canada on amazon.ca. Um, I do have a Facebook presence. You can search The Way of the Simple Soul and you'll get to my page there. Um, I also have my own website, uh, www.katherinegracelandry.com, and um, I do kind of regular blogs and stuff on there. So those are ways to to keep in touch. Um, And where to get the book? Um, Where would you like to go from here? Well, we can either talk about your next book or you can just share, like, how publishing this book has just like for someone who's thinking about writing a book, just some some little words of encouragement, like you know kernels of of wisdom. Yeah, I, I think if you're thinking, one of the big things uh, if you're thinking about writing, or if someone is in the in the throes of writing a book, um, I, what happened to me was that that I didn't think I had anything that anyone wanted to hear. Any, that anyone would want to read, and and I had a couple of people say to me, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you're saying exactly the same thing as someone else did 20 years ago. It's in your voice, and your own voice 
is different from that other person's voice. So I would just say to other people who are who are contemplating writing, just think it's it's in your voice. And if you feel compelled to write something, it's because you have a voice and there's someone out there that that needs to hear your voice and and whatever words you write in that voice. So that that's kind of the biggest thing that I got from from this um this whole process. And I'll just quickly say the way of the light keeper is about light. It's about the concept of light. We use the word light all the time. We talk about light workers. We talk about people who carry light, who are full of light. Um, we use this word all the time. And, and um, so this, this next one, the light keeper, is about what that light is, where it's from, what it actually is, how we access it, how we use it. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, some of the words in our language, we use them a lot and we think we understand what they are and we do, perhaps at an energetic level, but um, light is one that just fascinates me. And so I'm, uh, again, it's more dreams and visions and downloads that have come through about about that, so... Yeah, um, a whole different it's, vibration it's, and frequency. You know, color, yeah. color and light and sound. You know, like I'm mm. always fascinated with sound. I I went to Egypt with sound healers from all over the world, and you know, it's just mm. one of the things. Like I feel like sound can cut through so much, but but speed of light. I mean, you know, it's all mm-hmm. it's all kind of the same, really, in different different relation uh, relationship mm-hmm. to the body. But you know, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. You know, and I and I love how you wrote about in the book that as you, as this man was crossing and he was, his soul, you know, moved on, you went into your shadow side, which you started with all of those physical things that kind of came up with like, oh, got your attention. But it took that to get your attention to get back to this man who was trying to give you a message. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so fascinating, yeah. isn't it? It's just fascinating. It is. So, it is. Um, yeah. So, Catherine, it has been a pleasure, um, a total pleasure. And um, mm. so final words of wisdom for our listeners. Anything you want to share about anything? This is your your final words to just say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I hey. <laughs> Get in touch with your soul, seriously. <laughs> and keep it, it simple. It, it's like, and keep it's it, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so much joy. There's so much joy. Seriously, beyond whatever pain we are going through, go through it, get through it. There is joy on the other side, absolute joy and peace on the other side when you get in touch with your soul and you, yeah. you live with it. It's amazing. It really is. It's joyful. It's wonderful. Yeah. All right. So this book will help you because Catherine shares, like, you know, her dialogue, you know, with her oversoul, with her soul, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and then she takes it into, okay, I'm listening what do you want me to do with this? And then she shares. And the whole book is just like this blueprint of communicating with your soul and taking it to the next mm-hmm. level. So thank you, thank you, thank you for trusting, for listening, and for bringing this work to to all of us. And um, stay in touch with Spirit Seeker. You know, I, I love what Karen Stuth is doing with Satyama. I mean, she's just doing great things. And um, so thank you for mm-hmm. finding her and thank you for finding us and um, just stay in touch with Spirit Seeker, okay? Okay, right. I will. And thank you so very much for, for allowing me the space to, to talk about this. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and listeners, um, once again, we will be back on the air um, every single Thursday. It's the autumn and the summer. We kind of have a, a shortened schedule. We don't uh, meet every Thursday, but starting in September, we are back to our every Thursday 
to become part of our mailing list and get the the goodies, you know, free books, free all kinds of things. Go to our website, spiritseeker.com or spiritseekermagazine.com. They both go to the same place and sign up for the newsletter or just send an email to info at spiritseeker.com with any questions you might have or just say add me to your list and I'll make sure that you're on the list. Okay, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. And Catherine, once again, thank you for being my guest. And may this next book come in quickly. You're doing important work. Okay, namaste everyone. Have a wonderful weekend and thank you again. Good night, everyone. Good night, Catherine. Thanks. Okay.